All right. Hi, Dr. Millen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, the topic that we're going to be discussing today. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Millen, nurse practitioner from Lotus Integrative Health. And we're going to be talking about diabetes, cholesterol. I'm sure all of you know somebody who has uh, diabetes in your family. About one in 10 people have diabetes. One in three people are pre-diabetic. So this is a huge issue in America and everywhere. I mean, this is global. Uh, we're seeing increase in diabetes everywhere. I also see in another, um, I've, I've seen pregnant patients, and even in pregnancy, we're seeing more and more people um, diabetic when they become pregnant. And so this is something that's affecting young people to older people, from our you know siblings to our parents to our grandparents. And so, um, you know, all of us, I think if, if we're looking at a statistic of one, you know, one in three people have pre-diabetes, pretty much all of us are at risk. And so I thought, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, you know, how do we figure out what, what needs to be done? How do we figure out if we have it? Um, and how to figure out what things we can do about it? And how do we make sure we don't get it? How about that? Because really, we want to we want to move in a direction where we're not taking care of people after they've already developed diabetes and cholesterol issues. We're going to talk about cholesterol as well. Um, it usually comes hand in hand. And once we start going down that road, it becomes really difficult to reverse. Though I do want to say it is reversible. And there's a lot of new data. It's not like a oh you have diabetes. It's you know, it used to be this sort of diagnosis where people thought, oh my God, I'm going to be really sick. I'm going to be on dialysis, things like that. I think it is uh, really come to being uh, something that is potentially reversible. But of course, we got to know where we are at now, right? We, we don't know. We're not going to, we're not going to be able to deal with it. So um, yeah. So, you know, chat, you know, definitely um, chat and let us know if, if there's questions you have about diabetes and cholesterol. I'm going to forge forward, Amanda, if that's okay. And, and I've got a little, little, little mini lecture, which is what we've been doing. I think in the beginning, we kind of talk a little bit about the topic as people get yeah. on and then kind of, we kind of talk about it um, more answer questions later. So yeah. um, let, me just, um, let me just let everybody know that um, if you do have questions, we really love any questions uh, and engagement yeah. with the chat. So, um, definitely shoot your questions in, in the chat. Um, I can highlight it and, um, we'll be able to do, you know, a Q and a as well. I have questions now too. So at first I was like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, how are we going to, but I mean, even just you talking for like what, five minutes, six minutes, I'm already like, all right, I got this question. I have this question, this question. So, so please feel free. Um, we'll let, um, Dr. Millen kind of give us like, uh, some basic information, and then we'll kind of go from there. So, you know, one thing I want to talk about is sort of this new term, or it's not a new term for us, but I think patients are starting to hear about it. It's called metabolic syndrome. It's that combination of having um, insulin resistance or diabetes, or sugar issues, whatever you want to call that. Um, there's a different, you know, range of, of, of sugar issues that people can have and then high blood pressure and cholesterol. 
So that's called metabolic syndrome. You've probably heard that term on TV. And really we're looking at, is your blood pressure going up? Is your sugar going up? Uh, are your triglycerides, which is a combination of fat and sugar, sort of um, that's a number that you might get checked when you get a cholesterol test and something called good cholesterol. And, and those are some factors. And then are you big? Is your waist big? So those are some, some uh, criteria we use to see if somebody might be in that category of metabolic syndrome. And usually when you talk about diabetes, you talk about cholesterol, you talk about hypertension, a lot of people have all of them. And, and that's because it's sort of hitting the same, uh, having some of the similar issues, those issues in the body. And um, what are some risk factors for, for these diseases? You know, we know genetics plays a part. And we talked about that last week when we talked about weight. Um, you know, we, we're genetically predisposed, predisposed to be a certain body type or weight. Um, but that influences how we metabolize our, our food and, and nutrients. Um, age is a factor. So of course, you know, we were talking, Amanda and I were talking about, well, you know, is this going to be something that we want to talk about with people who are in their 20s? I'm like, absolutely. Because I see people with who are in their 20s who have diabetes and cholesterol already. And that means when you look at it from, a, 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 or, or even metabolic syndrome, why are we seeing these things? They're starting as kids. We're seeing mm -hmm. diabetes in kids. Wow. So we are really needing to start early and earlier. And I know all the kids now, they, they learn how to read the labels. I don't know if you've, you've seen that um, with, your, with your nieces or nephews or any kids you know, or if they're your own kids. In my time, we didn't read labels. We ate Fruit Loops, you know? <laughs> we had soda, you know? And that isn't cool anymore, right? We know that all that sugar isn't good for us. But the kids right. are learning to read the labels now. So that's a good thing. And that is a risk factor, what you're eating. Um, but your age, your gender, your genetics, your family history, those are all important factors. Um, if you're using alcohol, drugs, um, you know, smoking, those are Im important factors that are going to put, predispose you to sort of hypertension, diabetes, and cholesterol. Um, not exercising you know, that's a big factor, or moving, you know, we, we want to call it actually now the new way to term it is movement, because we know that you don't have to exercise like crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we feel like we have to, and we talked a little bit about that at the last time that we could be, you know, hiking, we've seen people who are athletes who get strokes or heart attacks, right? Um, and mm -hmm. the news. And so there's something there that's going on inside their body on a cellular level, they may be exercising, but there's some issue with their cholesterol. Right. And um, and then inflammation, and that's a new big thing too, is looking at, and we talked about, in our first talk, we talked about the gut. And yeah. so like I said before, and I'm gonna say it every time we talk about things, everything's connected. Everything's connected. And when your gut is inflamed, you have bacteria, your microbiome's off, those inflammatory markers, that inflammation is also coming from your gut to the rest of your body. Oh, wow. And we're going to talk a little bit about how your gut and your oral hygiene and your gut can actually cause heart attacks and strokes. Isn't that weird? 
That's amazing. It's weird, but I'm not surprised because I feel like I learn something all the time from here. So <laughs> there's <laughs> always something to learn. There lots of other people are. Um, I know. There's a big joke in my family. I never stopped learning. I've been learning for years. I, I think, you know, I just finished my doctorate in nursing. And now, of course, I'm certifying with the Institute of Functional Medicine. Even in medicine, I mean, for us, we're constantly learning. We're required to have uh, education. But, you know, of course, I always end up doing more than that because things are changing. Things are always changing. Definitely. Let me just go ahead and say hi uh, to friends in the chat. Thanks for joining, guys. Um, I have, oh, good. I have three moderators here right now. So last, uh, my last stream that I did, you guys, I mean, it's totally, it's nobody's fault. I'm, like, not expecting, like, mods to be there every <laughs> single time. But I had so many trolls, and I was, like, freaking out. So thank you guys for being here. <laughs> um, we have... Izzy, what's up, Izzy? Amanda Cortez, uh, my sister Alyssa, SC Cakes, JJ. Thanks for joining. Again, JJ, Alyssa Defines here. Um, yeah, Vero, happy belated birthday again. It's your whole, it's the whole week, so we're gonna keep celebrating. Uh, DJ Leo Rock, thanks for coming. I saw Betty in here. I uh, just wanted to say hello. Jelly Gel, Marzoni, I'm Riri. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, I was talking earlier. I don't know like which. Um, oh, DJ Whitematic, thank you so much for subscribing again. Wow, already going on my second month of streaming. Um, thank you guys so much. Thanks for supporting the stream. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we are here to answer and you know discuss some health topics, but. Just a reminder that, you know, obviously um, the information here on the on our stream is it's it's more discussion and tips. But of course, everyone should pay attention and discuss their own health with their uh, primary doctor. Um, and, you know, near the end of our discussion today, we'll provide you guys with information as well, because um, we do a telehealth appointment here for those that are in the state of California. But um, yeah, just wanted to say hello. Hi, Trina. Thanks for joining. Um, all right. So any questions so far? I know this is like, kind of like a very broad topic. Um, did you have more to add, Dr. Millen? Or did you oh, want to yeah. ask a question? Just a random. Do you have a question? Yeah. So um, my ma, my grandma, um, she does have diabetes. I'm not 100% sure like what type and whatnot, but I've always, I kind of just always grown up with her having it. She's had a couple of health scares because of it, um, not really taking care of herself as well as she should have. But, you know, it obviously was like a very big wake up call for her and us as a family. Uh, so this yeah. is my grandmother on my mom's side. And my mom uh, and my dad, you know, they, they do, they change, they keep on top of their health, which I'm so grateful for. Um, of course my mom's calling right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, her ears must be ringing. Um, she knows so, you're talking about her, yeah. <laughs> they're very, very, like, healthy. Like, I remember, like, the year, maybe, like, about 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, about that. Coming home from college and, like, you know, expecting to eat, you know, my home cooked food and having leftovers from what my mom made the earlier in the week of, you know, 
all the Mexican dishes and pastas and all of that. But, you know, there was a big change. Like they really switched when they got into their 50s and late 40s. Like my mom, like, and my my dad mostly, um, (laughs) Izzy, um, they really changed up their diet. And so, I mean, I'm grateful for that because obviously we could all use better diets, but I just remember being like, what is this? Like salad, like what? Um, But so I could tell that my mom and my dad are both very preventative as far as the health goes. But me, I'm in, well, almost in my mid thirties, I'm 33. Um, Obviously like, you know, I should have a healthy diet, but what other preventative things can I do? Because it does run in my family on my mom's side. Um, I mean, is so we'll, it, yeah. I know you mentioned, you know, movement and diet and whatnot, but I mean, how do I test for it? How do I know, like, am I on that path to it? Like, is it something that I can right. even prevent? Um, I guess just recommendations on what would be really beneficial for me. Right. Awesome. So, and that was exactly what I wanted to talk about next. So, you know, we know if we talk specifically about diabetes separately from the other metabolic issues, um, diabetes is sort of an issue of how we metabolize sugar. So when we're eating, of course, people think sugar means the white table sugar on their, you know, on their table. And sugar, when I refer to sugar, I'm talking about everything that converts to sugar in your body which is carbohydrates. So that goes from fruit to grains, to beans have, have um, carbohydrates in them to, you know, ice cream, dairy has um, carbohydrates in it. So all of those things, your body, your stomach, that's what it does is breaks it down to sugar. Mm -hmm. And when you take in too much sugar, your body has to release insulin and when it releases that insulin, that insulin is that sort of carrier that moves the glucose from the bloodstream into the cell. So when the cells are not taking in the sugar because the insulin isn't working, that carrier mm-hmm. isn't binding to the cell, or when there isn't enough insulin, there's too much sugar in the blood. And so the number one test that we usually do is a fasting sugar. We tell people, get up early in the morning, go and do your blood work, and we'll see if your sugar level's high. Well, in in young people, that may come out normal. You may overnight metabolize all your sugar and do a good job of it. And so one of the issues is, is that we in conventional medicine don't really do a good job of really making sure early on that people aren't glucose intolerant or insulin insensitive. And that needs to come from looking at insulin levels, which most places don't test you. Um, You know, you can ask for a fasting insulin level. So if you're used to producing a lot of insulin to metabolize that sugar, your insulin level is going to be high. And that might be one of the first markers. So we're talking about early detection of diabetes, and we don't do that enough. Then the other thing is a, a three-month marker. Uh, your red When you have a lot of sugar in the blood, then your red blood cells get sugared, or they get what we call glycated. And so you can also test what's called a hemoglobin A1C, and that's a test everyone's heard of. That test is sugar on your hemoglobin. 
And that is a three month marker of how long, uh, how much sugar you've had in your bloodstream over three months. So that's another good test. And then, you know, there's other, uh, the, the, those are the three most important tests. Um, there's some newer tests that are coming out, but those tests will be really good at detecting earlier diabetes. And even if you're A1C, now usually we'll tell people, oh, if it's above 5.7, you're pre-diabetic. And I tell people, well, if you're 5.6, you know, maybe you should think, oh, I'm moving into pre-diabetes. You know, yeah. if you're, you're, you're fasting sugars, you know, uh, 90 or 95. Oh, I don't have diabetes. Well, your fasting sugar should not be 95. You're on the borderline. So also being a little more liberal with how we look at those numbers and tell sort of telling people, oh, you're fine. You know, I want I want us as patients to remember that we have to be a little more aggressive and saying, hey, my grandma had diabetes. I want you to test me at 25. I don't want you to test me at 40. I want you to test me at 20, 25. So that's one of the things is identifying your risk factors and then getting tested early. Okay, um, so I have a question from um, Veto 105, and then also um, there was a question earlier from uh, our friend Izzy about good and bad cholesterol, and then Veto is asking about good and bad carbs. So um, is that so something? We'll talk about, yeah, let's talk about cholesterol in a minute. We're going to talk about cholesterol in a minute. Let's talk about carbs because we're on the carb talk. Let's talk about okay. carbs, and right. we talked a little bit about carbs. Last week we talked about, or last time we talked about intermittent fasting, we talked about scheduling your timing and how that lowers insulin. And now this is going on that idea of keto. A lot of people are on keto. We used to call yeah. it Atkins like 20 yeah. years ago when I started. <laughs> I did the Atkins and I did lose a lot of weight then. Um, but that was more of the idea of, oh, you can't eat any carbs, but you can eat as much fat as you want. And that's not good either, right? We don't want to be eating, you know, fatty pork or, you know, really, really fatty meats all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're going to talk about cholesterol in a minute. Good and bad carbs, what we're talking about with good and bad carbs is how fast that turns into sugar in your bloodstream. So when I eat a piece of candy, that's pure sugar that goes directly into my bloodstream and my insulin goes like this. Whereas if I eat a piece of fruit, that has to be digested, it has to be broken down. And so it needs to be, or maybe a whole grain like oatmeal. And that gets digested and that slowly releases sugar into the bloodstream or it gets slowly metabolized. So it doesn't cause the insulin level to spike. And there's, ideas that this insulin level that's spiking is also causing our insulin level to just be high all the time. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem and what's causing waking. Mm -hmm. So this idea of good and bad carbs. Now, if you look at somebody who has, uh, you know, diabetes, then I would say most of our endocrinologists are going to tell you there's no such thing as good or bad carbs. All carbs are bad because you're diabetic, right? Mm -hmm. But now for us who don't have diabetes, what we want to do is eat those carbs that don't turn into sugar quickly. And interestingly enough, I think we, we call it glycemic index, where we rate how high the glycemic index is, how fast it turns into sugar. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That's different for me than it is you. Like somebody who eats oatmeal, they're going to be, nope, my sugar didn't go up super high after I ate oatmeal. 
somebody else, they're going to eat oatmeal, that sugar is going to go super, it's going to go super high and super fast. Insulin's going to go fast. So um, what's good and bad is actually relative. But in general, bad carbs would be our sugary sweets, things that turn into sugar quickly. And a good carb would be like a whole grain or oatmeal, like oatmeal or, um, you know, uh, fruit, that would be a good carb. Um, in general, though, when we're talking about weight loss or diabetes, we really want to lower the sugar in the body. And to do that would be to really lower carbs. And that's where you get this keto diet coming into play where a lot of people are losing weight with keto. A lot of people are reversing diabetes with keto. Wow. Of course, um, you want to be careful, you know, again, uh, if you're on medications, you know, and again, again, we always tell everybody, talk to your provider when you're trying any of these things or discussing any of these things. The reason we bring this up is so that you're more educated. You can go and advocate for yourself and get the kind of care you deserve. And um, by telling your provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner or a physician, hey, this is what I heard. This is what I want to talk to you about. You know, I want to go keto and I'm diabetic. What do you think? You know, and if you're on medication, you have to be careful because those medicines are lowering your sugar. And if you're not eating any sugar, then what are they working on? So, you know, you do have to be careful. Exactly. But on, I want to add one more thing to that carb note is that if you go on keto or if you are fasting, you do have, if you have some fat on your body, you have fat stores that will be turned into sugar in your body. So, you know, people get worried about, Oh, I'm not eating any carbs. Well, that's the whole point. If you don't eat carbs, then your body's going to burn the fat on your body and turn it into sugar. Oh, we're going to have to have a whole other discussion. on. Keto. I think we're going to have to talk about keto. <laughs> it's just too much. There's, but they're all related. I always say that. I know. Another quick check-in. Thank you, Audrey M. So much for subscribing. Two months. Wow, I can't believe it's already been like a whole month, more than a month that I've been streaming. Um, uh, hello, roses are red. Thank you for joining, JJ. Hey, sis. Um, any questions so far, guys? Um, we want to make this as interactive as possible. Thank you um, for joining us. Just trying to see if anyone has any questions. Somebody was wondering then, if keto works, and I said, "Yeah, keto can work." I, again, I think everybody's individual, and you have to check check in with your provider. Um, but you know, if you have fat stores on your body, you know, if you're thin, then why, you know, but there's skinny fat too. I don't know if you guys have heard of skinny fat. Have you heard of skinny fat? People who are thin, but actually have a lot of fat inside their body. Uh, uh -huh. I sometimes we'll get patients who are really super thin and their cholesterols are super high. Oh, and wow. that's called skinny fat. Like they have not a lot of muscle. They have more fat. They look normal but there's stuff going on and there's different presentations of, of this metabolic syndrome where you sugar, cholesterol, hypertension. You know, sometimes you see people who have diabetes and they're thin. You know, we always think of people who are diabetic as being overweight, mm -hmm. but we see thin people who have diabetes too. And so uh -huh. there's different presentations of metabolic syndrome and diabetes and hypertension. We can't assume you know, I mean, I get people who I'm overweight and people always ask me, oh, you must have diabetes or you must have hypertension. I don't have anything. You know, you can see overweight people who don't have 
uh, sugar problems or cholesterol. But being overweight in itself is a issue and causes inflammation and puts you at predisposition of having these things as you age. So, you know, it is important to lose weight and, and, you know, we'll talk about keto next time. Maybe we'll talk about it in conjunction with intermittent fasting again, because I know that one was a lot of people were interested in it. Yeah. So, um, anything else that we can add to what we've been discussing or can we, um, I guess move into the cholesterol and how that coincides with diabetes? Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things I wanted to add, uh, before we move or actually kind of, uh, goes towards cholesterol too, is these, these things are brewing 10 to 15 years before they present. So really assessing your diet, your exercise, your risk factors are super important. And, you know, for cholesterol, sort of similar risk factors, age, genetics, um, you know, uh, you know, high ethnic groups. I know we have certain ethnic groups. My family is from India. South Asians have really high cholesterol uh, issues. Um, wow. and, and yeah, I, I, I mean, just like in the, in the Latino population, you see a lot of diabetes. I mean, you know, there's, there's certain populations that tend to have more of these. I have um, like no idea. Is it just because of their like diet or genetics or? I think it's genetics plays a part. I think wow. diet plays a part. Um, you know, the way you process, like I was talking about the way you present and process some of these foods is important. Um, you know, uh, some people will have fatty liver disease. Some people will get diabetes. Some people will get, you know, um, uh, sort of obesity and they won't have any other issues. So there's a lot of different presentations, um, to this metabolic syndrome and, and, um, and for ethnic groups are at different risks. So that's another thing you want to, you want to factor in when you're assessing yourself or talking to your provider. Hey, you know, I'm, South Asian, you know, I know my, um, you know, you might want to say like my husband's family, uh, they're his dad, his uncle, you know, there's this history of, of stroke and heart attacks. So, um, but, uh, and then, you know, if you have a family hit for cholesterol, really want to be careful if you have a family history of stroke or heart attack that's young. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, my grandfather died in his fifties, you know, and um, you know, he had a complication, uh, from surgery that led to a stroke. And so, or that's what I heard. I don't know. Maybe I, you know, of course the, the family history is, is sometimes hard to get. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the other thing that might lead to cholesterol, uh, issues is having inflammation. Again, we talk about inflammation with diabetes, inflammation with this, it's going to be also affecting hypertension, um, as well. Uh, kidney disease, so a lot of young people get uh, high blood pressure, young women get high blood pressure during pregnancy, that puts you at risk for having uh, cholesterol and hypertension. Uh, menopause, uh, and then, um, you know, if you've had breast cancer, that can be a risk, uh, breast cancer radiation, actually. So those are some of the, some of the issues that might cause cardiovascular disease and cholesterol issues. So how does cholesterol incorporated or lead to diabetes? Um. So what, what the way it's connected and the way we see it is when you have high sugar, 
it damages your arteries. And when, with what's the issue is usually you have a lot of sugar. So your body is trying to figure out how to store that as fat. So you have a lot of triglycerides running around. And then, then if you usually, if you're eating a lot of sugar, you're usually eating a lot of fat with that. So it tends to be that diabetes comes with, with, um, with cholesterol issues, not always, but, um, Mm -hmm. and then if you have that sugar molecule in your artery and it's damaging your artery because they're quite big. And if you have a lot of them, and then you also have cholesterol running around in there and it damages these artery walls, that plaque or that cholesterol, the cholesterol wedges into the artery walls. It weakens the wall. And then as the wall weakens it, um, it, uh, so it causes inflammation and then it makes it even more permeable. And so then you get all this cholesterol in there and then the sugar is running around. So then that sugar actually binds to some of that LDL cholesterol that's in the arteries. And then because your body thinks this is a foreign invasion of some, you know, material, you get foam cells that grab onto that, uh, cholesterol molecule mm-hmm. and then <coughs> excuse me it forms a plaque and then that plaque is damaging the wall you'll get a clot forming there mm-hmm. and then the clot dislodges and causes a heart, heart attack or stroke or there's so much damage to that wall it splits open and causes the artery to pop so wow. that's strokes heart attacks sort of in a nutshell how cholesterol and sugar combines into that. <coughs> Sorry. And it's a lot of talking. <laughs> well, and I had to think about, oh yeah, this is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this cascade. So um, for those of you guys just joining, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I see Nikki on Vegas. Hey girl, Danny. Danny, we spent so much time together yesterday. It was so amazing. <laughs> on such amazing streams. OG Raji, thank you for joining DJ White Matic and thank you for being um, that subscription earlier. Appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, so we're just continuing our uh, discussion with Dr. Millen. So please, if you have any questions or want to know some more information, uh, please feel free to write it in the chat. Um, I don't know. I always forget to have the link to the Instagram ready, but um, for those that don't follow, we are on Instagram and we post amazing posts, not only like health uh, tips and facts and whatnot, but inspirational quotes, links to podcasts and uh, webisodes and just, you know, things that help with our daily lives, whether it's health, whether it's wellness um so definitely follow us on instagram that's going to be at lotus ihn so it's at lotus ihn thank you thanks yeah so we this is our third stream that we've done we're trying to do something every every other thursday so um i think maybe for next time um i'll post something on my instagram just trying to get some feedback and what you guys are interested in finding yeah. out or just topics that, you know, you're interested in knowing more about or um, have always wondered about. Somebody had mentioned 
you know, wondering if the keto diet really worked and how it worked. I mean, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, it's going to be really hard for me to give up carbs because I just love carbs so much. <laughs> but um, I need to work on my diet and I need to, um, I mean, I need to uh, lose a couple of the extra pounds I have. So <laughs> it's a really um, hardcore, it, it's a really hardcore way to, to yeah. get to, to do weight loss and but it will reverse diabetes. I mean, if you go to a no, low carb keto diet, it will reverse diabetes. And we've I've seen it. I've seen patients who've lost 50 to 100 pounds. Wow. Um, I've seen patients who had an A1C of 16 go down to six, um, which is incredible. And that was one of the reasons I went to this more natural way of doing medicine because I realized as a nurse practitioner, what I was doing, I was giving pills, you know, our, our conventional medicine, you know, you have diabetes, you walk in, we give you metformin and you're just, you're taking metformin and then guess what? You're not getting better because guess what? You haven't changed any of the things that are really risk factors for you and right. your, your sugar just keeps getting worse. And then guess what? You, you can't, uh, you have suddenly have a cholesterol problem. You have a hypertension problem. And then we just keep giving you pills. And so this is really lifestyle is number one, you know, and, and I want people to be aware because lifestyle starts early. You know, I've got my kids having less milk, less gluten. Somebody wrote, I can't eat gluten. It's actually probably a good thing because gluten, gluten is an inflammation, you know. And again, when you look at cholesterol, we're looking at inflammation, you know. So um, I know it, it, it's hard because there's a lot of yummy things with gluten, right? Bagels and croissants and, you know, pastries and all those good I yummy things. so much. Sourdough bread. We need to talk about sourdough bread. That's my, that's my thing, right? Sourdough <laughs> bread. But um, it's, it's, really, um, it's really about diet. And, and really diet is, I think, even more than movement and exercise. Diet is key. Um, right. so any other questions? Anybody's got, I wasn't sure if this is a question right for Dr. Millen or for Pedro. How does one bring down high inflammation markers? Yeah. <clears throat> one is evaluating the gut because the gut is causing a lot of inflammation in the body. Um, so you're doing a dietary well, we, you can look this up. It's called the five R. I think it's the five R's. It's basically repair. Oh man, I got to memorize that one. It's like basically a gut protocol, the way you clean out the gut and then you repair it and then you restore it. And um, <clears throat> you can go, maybe we can do a talk on that one. That way I can, I can make sure I've got that, but you can look it up. Um, that's one way to really decrease inflammation. Losing weight is a huge way because if that visceral fat causes inflammation, your gut or poor diet, a lack of exercise causes inflammation. Um, chronic infections, we talked about your gut, your, your oral, your oral hygiene, the bacteria in your mouth go into your body and can go into your heart. And so, and cause infections can cause inflammation and then cause a clot. So, because your body's trying to 
attack it and kill it. So having good oral hygiene, incredibly important to reducing inflammation. And then looking for any heavy metals. Um, I think I had you post that I did my test. I, I did my NutriVal test through Genova and I had tin in my blood and I couldn't figure out where's tin coming from. I don't eat canned food. I mean, we have a once in a while open a can of beans, you know, when on the night where I don't want to make them. Uh -huh. but that's like once or twice a month. That's going to raise my tin level in my blood. And I figured out it's coming from my toothpaste. The wow. tin is in my toothpaste, stannous fluoride. And I could not figure out where else I was getting tin. I don't eat, you know, I don't eat anything with metal in it. And so looking at your ingredients, inflammation from, you know, we've got to do a talk on makeup. Makeup has all this toxins in it. And having, mm -hmm. you know, having or beauty products, self-care products, your shampoo, all this stuff has toxins in it, which will go into your system and cause are polluting your body and causing inflammation. So those are the reasons you get inflammation. So trying to reduce all those factors are really going to reduce inflammation in the body. Got it. Hi, then, I see oh. you in here. Vard was mentioning that he went on keto. It helped his inflammation or his inflammation. Yes. And uh, he had inflammation and keto helped with it and dropped 30 pounds. Yay. 30 pounds in six weeks is a lot. Wow. That's crazy. It's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But, I, I mean, it, was it a combination with exercise as well? <laughs> no, someone said no bread and makeup. Sugar is the worst drug out there. I know it's so bad, it but it's it so hard. It to, is. I know. I have the biggest sweet tooth too. Getting rid of your sugars is going to be really key to reducing inflammation because that's that's a big source of inflammation, weight gain, and, and inflammation. So um, definitely, let's talk about let's let's talk about um, things that you can do. I have a list here that I've written out that I want people to do. So uh, we talk about diet a lot, decreasing carbs, decreasing your sugars. Um, Increasing your veggies. Rainbow. Go for the rainbow. Not Skittles. <laughs> Not the Skittle rainbow. The veggie rainbow. <laughs> um, yes. And then, yeah, you know, shop local, shop seasonal, shop, you know, go. I mean, I know it's expensive. I, I, but the, the farmer's markets are really reasonable and you get such great tasting stuff. I think part of the reason we don't, like I, you know, I can, I love eating raspberries, blueberries, full mm -hmm. of antioxidants and nutrients. Mm -hmm. And those are so, if they taste good and they're sweet, it really fills that sugar need that we have, you know, every once in a while. And so, um, oh, somebody posted a really good, yeah, that's a good question. JJ, what about really honey? Good. Like I love honey. It's sugar. It's sugar. You know what? And the, anything that you know, agave, honey, it's all sugar. It's all sugar. And now yeah. I have not, I have not had sugar in my tea. I drink tea every morning, decaf. I have not had sugar in I think at least five or six years. I just don't put sugar in, in any. I do. I do the. 
I love Starbucks. I just get the unsugared, you know, I get the, the, they used to have a, the sugar substitute one. I used to get that, but actually sugar substitutes are also considered not good. And that is because they're mimicking, they might even be worse. And I'll tell you why they're mimicking sugar. They give you this, the, your body thinks that it has sugar and it raises its insulin level, but then there's nothing to process. So then you have insulin and it's not even got anything to work on. So that is where sugar substitutes may not be good for you or are not good for you. And they have recommended that you not have that as well. Wow. So stevia is supposed to be okay. I'm going to look into that a little more stevias. Um, but, um, but uh, the, 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 what is it called? The NutraSweet and all of those. No. Not good for you. Somebody asked, what about alcohol? <laughs> What's alcohol? We, uh, us on Twitch, you know, <laughs> we're home, but we're still consuming alcohol. And some of us are That's consuming true. even more alcohol from the comfort of our uh, home. Uh, so somebody asked, what about alcohol? Yeah. What about our, in, in terms of like inflammation, I guess? It increases inflammation. It's sugar. It's it's basically raising your insulin levels. And you know, I have I used to have one a week. I'm down to one a, one or two a month now. I just have one one or two glasses of wine a month. Usually one, if any, because it just is really hard on your body. When you're young, you you have a, a pancreas that's really vibrant, and I guess it can really metabolize things really fast. Your insulin can metabolize. As you age, it becomes harder, and so. Um, but you know, it's not good. It's not. Well, I mean, um, it, it, the hangovers are worse. That's why I'm like considering uh, slowing down on my drinking. The, and um, the hangover is just a sign like, that you're just not metabolizing alcohol sugar very well. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, JJ wrote uh, sugar substitutes are bad for gut health. Absolutely. That's the other reason. Thanks for thanks for mentioning it, JJ. Yeah, bad sugar substitutes. Yeah, bad for gut health. Bad for the bacteria in your gut, for sure. Great, wow. great comment. Oh man, I'm like reevaluating my whole diet now. Every time we talk about this, I'm like, oh, I feel so guilty. But I guess that's a good thing because we should be eating healthier. It's um now that Alyssa's back home, I feel like I'm cooking more. When she wasn't, it was just so easy for me to just go pick up something to eat real fast. Now that she's home, I feel like we can, uh, or I like enjoy cooking for us again. Um, and so we're trying to, you know, turn to alternate, back to healthier eating, I should say. So, yeah. I mean, besides missing her so much. Aww. No more sweets well and snacks. Okay, well, when you were gone, I didn't have too many sweets and snacks. <laughs> I was out a lot. That's what it was. It's just, you know, um, it's just so much easier to just go pick up something quickly. I know Amanda said I can't eat any of my favorite stuff then. I know it's well, hard. I, well, I we can once a week or, you know, I treat myself once a week to something, you know, and I'm pretty much intermittent fasting and keto the rest of the week. I have very few carbs in my diet now. Um, just because I'm, I've been overweight since I was a kid and, you know, I, I want to lose weight, you know, just like everybody else does. 
And really the, and we talked about it in our intermittent fasting group talk. Um, and I think that intermittent fasting and doing a combination of intermittent fasting and keto is really kind of key to, to having that um, weight loss. And then really maintenance has to come from eating, eating less sugar. I think that's, that's where maintenance is going to come into it, doing a partial keto diet. So, but I think these are individual things you have to talk to somebody and, you know, you can give us a call and we can talk, to, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about how to, how to, how to plan and how to figure out how to, how to make it happen and then really reduce those risk factors. So, Hey, we didn't finish talking about sort of lifestyle. You know, I think stress is a huge issue. Um, you know, how do we lower stress? Um, you know, we've got, um, you know, I, I, I'm doing yoga every day and meditation, and that's been a huge help to me. Uh, talking with friends and community, that's another big issue is that obviously when we have love in our life and we feel less stressed, we have better health, and there's many studies that show, show that. Um, you know, if you have mental health issues, you have family issues, getting counseling is really important because that stress is impacting our health. Um, we talked about nutrition, we talked about exercise and movement. I also don't think you have to exercise like crazy. I don't think that's good for you either. I think that stresses the body out. So finding that sweet spot for exercise is really important. Um, sleep, 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 sleep. When do we, we need our beauty sleep. <laughs> we, cannot, we cannot recover from the day without sleep. And if you're not sleeping seven to eight hours a night, you're doing your body a disservice because guess what? That's the time when the body reduces inflammation, takes care of, um, you know, takes care of business. And if you're not getting enough sleep, um, that's a huge risk factor for cardiometabolic disease. And we see that in people who work nights when they have disrupted sleep, and um, I have a blog out there on my website on uh, circadian rhythms and when, you know, when to eat, when to sleep, these are all going to impact inflammation and your risk for cardiovascular disease and cardiometabolic syndrome, diabetes, cholesterol. So um, having good sleep, having no phone time before you sleep because the phone, the phone is stimulating those LED lights. Um, you know, your timing, the length. Um, if you have a pet in your bed and it's bugging you, you need to get the pet out, you know? Um, yeah. And caffeine, caffeine and alcohol are affecting sleep as well. So another reason not to, not to. Well, I know for us on the Twitch community, it's so hard because our favorite DJs, you know, they're used to being up late and staying out late. Yeah. And, um, Staying yeah. out, you know, on Twitch till you know three, four in the morning. Wow. But I will say, in the past two weeks, I've had it took a long time. I will say it was not easy, but I had to just get over the fear of FOMO and missing out on stuff on Twitch, um, wow. and take like turn it off. So wow. actually, for the past two weeks, like no, I don't stay up until two or three anymore because mm. I get off because it's so stimulating and right. it's like um so but it but it like helped so much i feel like less stress like less anxiety 
Um, and I mean, even though I'm still going mm. to sleep, you know, like around midnight or one, I'm, you know, I'm still getting, you know, my seven to eight hours of sleep and it's changed. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the last two weeks I've felt so much better. I don't get as tired, like during the day, in the middle of the day. Um, but I think we're all kind of getting used to it now too. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, you know, where it's been four or five months. Um, so don't be scared about missing out on night streams anymore, guys. Take it from a survivor. Like, I'm surviving. I'm thriving. Uh, and my sleep schedule so much better, which is making my work better, which is making, like, my focus better. Um, yeah. I, it's okay, like, if we don't get it. Sleep is so important. It's important for our overall health. Um, but it helped me, like, mentally physically I just feel better um so yeah don't be scared to uh don't be scared to miss out on a stream here or there because sleep is very very important um and yes what roses are red said she said FOMO doesn't pay or can't pay our bills I know yeah. I just feel like um I feel a lot better there's uh I mean it's already an uncertain time right now still with the pandemic and everything yeah. so if anything, we should be more conscious of trying to make ourselves healthy physically to, you know, help us yeah. mentally, vice versa. So don't don't forget to sleep, guys. Well, and sleep is important for immune system. I mean, we really should talk yeah. about that as well. Like our immune systems, we're entering winter and everybody's worried about COVID and the flu and, you know, getting more, having more COVID cases. Sleep is so important on every single anything we talk about sleep and your digestion so important your your gut <laughs> so you know one thing i've noticed i don't know if you've noticed this when i don't sleep well i'm hungrier the next day i eat that makes sense. because your body doesn't feel good and then it's trying to use food to comfort itself right because it's hitting that pleasure center in the brain so um yeah, so sleep is really important. I think a lot of people commented on sleep. I was just looking at the comments here. Well, I mean, most of us all stay up late on the Twitch streams. Ah, so uh, yeah. We're all kind of adjusting now that it's been like four <laughs> or five months. Um, and I'm not saying it's the same thing every stream, but I just mm -hmm. don't feel as like the need to be there the whole entire time. Um, because I feel better when I actually get sleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. And it's like you said, we're getting, we're approaching cold and flu season and we need to, um, keep our bodies help, uh, you know, healthy and take breaks away from the screen and all that stuff. I think, uh, that question about taking naps, I mean, it's important to take naps if you need it. But really, you should be getting enough sleep for, you know, getting a seven hour. There's, there's a whole point to doing seven hours at once because you go cycle in and out of REM sleep. And REM sleep is important to restore restoration of the brain. So there's, there's some significance to having a big chunk of sleep. You see people who only sleep four hours a night. They tend to, or these workers, night workers, or somebody who's up at night doing Twitch, you know, that... There is some huge impact on the body there, but there is research on that. And, and it, it is important to get sleep at night 
when we're supposed to, when it's dark. There's a whole whole rhythm in your brain and it connects with everything else, um, how you eat, how you think, everything. So important. I feel like that's a whole other topic that we could do. It's, we have so many topics to talk about. I think we need votes on what, uh, you know, what we should be talking about. Yeah. Bard asks, nap should be 20 minutes, correct? I have no idea. I nap for two hours sometimes on a weekend, and that is to catch up on sleep. So um, I don't do it all the time, but I think if you need naps, you you probably are deficient. If you need more than 20 minutes, go for it. But, you know, I've done cat naps. I'm, I'm not bad at cat naps. I, Amanda, do you do cat naps? I've done cat naps where you just like zonk yeah. out for 20 minutes and you wake up yeah. and you feel refreshed. They do say that it helps. It helps restore you. So there was a time where I was working two jobs in the same day and I would work like a morning job and then I would like take a nap and then go and work my evening mm -hmm. uh, job. Um, and yes, it did. And I would be able to sleep for like a good solid like 15, 20 minutes. But I still felt tired later on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if that's what you get, that's what you get. 20, yeah. minutes, 20 minutes is good. It will give you enough restoration to keep going on. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I've noticed is I've been meditating for the last three months, and that's really helped with my sleep. Uh, somebody mentioned calm calcium magnesium. That's excellent. Um, a lot of women are magnesium deficient. Magnesium is really important to a lot of cellular functions. So that's a that's a good thing. Um, it's great for the digestive system as well. Uh, I don't know if anyone's mentioned anything else. I'm just looking through the. Wow, everybody really likes this topic. We're talking, yeah, yeah. Having little boy, having two little kids. I think Laura wrote she has two little kid boys, and that's tough. Being a young mom with babies, um, I, I've seen pregnant patients and they're having, you know, they'll be pregnant for the third time and they have two little kids and they're pregnant and they're having trouble, you know, resting. And so that's, you know, that's, it's really hard on the body. And so getting sleep when you can is important. And again, I think the younger body is able to recuperate, but as you age, you're going to need that sleep time, that dedicated sleep time at night. Anybody else with um, questions? We're gonna wrap up soon. We've been um, discussing this um, almost for about an hour or so. Yes, um, meditating is amazing. Um, and meditating does come in many forms, but yes. you don't have to be, you could just sit here and close your eyes and that could be meditating. Meditating comes in many forms. So it's, um, absolutely. I'm discovering and like really interested in um and i do it in the morning sometimes at night sometimes uh, after i in the middle of the day before i go to work it's it's really 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 helpful and um yeah i mean that's a whole different other discussion but um it's very easy to do i mean you can find it just like on YouTube, you can find an hour to two mm -hmm. hour meditations. You can do a 10 minute to 15 minute. That's what I used to like. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been great. Uh, Varn had a question about chia seeds. 
What did you ask? Um, Varn, about you... Let me go back here. I'm looking too. Is, oh, he said, he asked, are chia seeds good for cleansing the gut? I don't know if it's good for cleansing the gut. Uh, chia seeds have, if I'm correct, have omega. So they might be good for actually cholesterol. Uh, but I'm sure they are good for the gut. Uh, Varg might know something more than me. So, um, and they, I don't know if they have any fiber. So that might, things that are good for cleaning the gut are fiber foods. So, um, Chia seeds are those gelatinous sort of, they kind of, they, they're kind of, um, so I don't know if they have fiber. If they have fiber, they're good for the gut. So anything with fiber, uh, your oatmeal's good, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables. Uh, you know, if you have issues with going daily, that's, you know, that's got to be a whole nother talk about, we did the gut one already, but going mm -hmm. daily is important, if not twice a day. Fiber, you need more fiber in your diet. Fiber, yes. When I used to work on the weekends, it was like my go-to routine, having oatmeal every morning. I like oatmeal, it's good. Oatmeal is good, it, it can raise your sugar level, it depends on the, on the person. So, but in general, for most people, I would say it's much better than cereal. Do not eat cereal. We don't even, my kids loved cereal, but you know, I think I've been, I've finally rubbed off on them and they just told me, oh, last month, we just don't want to eat cereal anymore. We know it's not good for us. And I was like, all right, I did my job as a mom. <laughs> cereal, um, yeah, I just, I was never like a milk fan, so I didn't eat a lot of cereal growing up. My sisters ate a lot of cereal. Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of started eating more cereal as I got older, like life. But that's pretty much it. Or like the granola, like flake ones, those. Mm -hmm. uh, Terry Bear asks, what about cream of wheat? I don't know. Cream of wheat is wheat. And it doesn't seem like it's very fibrous. So I would say no. I mean, I like cream of wheat. I don't eat it very often. But I like um, cream of wheat too. I haven't had it in a long time. I, I grew up eating cream of wheat. So. Mm -hmm. But I would say if you're trying to avoid gluten, and you know I'm not a big fan. I don't eat. Uh, I haven't had cream of wheat in a long time because I'm I'm not eating wheat right now because of mm -hmm. gluten. But um, I would say you know we want to avoid inflaming the gut. So I would say no. And when you're looking for cholesterol, so one of the big things for cholesterol is fiber, and fiber helps with lowering cholesterol. So I would say staying away from things that turn to sugar really quickly and, you know, having more fibrous foods or more heavy foods. If you can, I was just listening to a lecture and the professor said, you know, if you could ball up your grain with bread or whatever, and you could ball it up, that's not, it doesn't have a lot of whole grains in it. Whole grains are going to be hard, a little bit harder, and that's what's going to have the, the fiber in it. Got it. I think we should wrap up now. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here mm -hmm. and um, engaging in discussion. Um, if there is something that you would like to have a topic on or discussion on, please let me know. 
send me a whisper um, or hit up my DM on Instagram. Uh, we also always are posting things on our Instagram, um, the Lotus Integrative Health Instagram. Um, that's going to be at Lotus IHN on Instagram. So please follow us. We're trying to get more followers. We do post something at least once a day, but it's always very useful or helpful or something to reflect on. Um, so it's not like spam or anything. Um, and, you know, we are offering a promotion right now. Do you want to talk about the promotion that we're offering? Right. So, so till the end of the month, we're offering $50 for 15 minute consult to get vitamin, sort of basic vitamins, vitamin D and um, kind of get an assessment of your health and things that you can work on. Yeah. So it'd be a quick visit, uh, but it gives you, starts you off on the right path and then helps you figure out if you want to move forward with us. Yeah, so we do this every other Thursday. So I see a lot of you guys um, really interested in, thank you guys so much for sticking around. Um, yes, I'm glad that you made it, Bard. I'm, so, I'm surprised that you're oh, you're awake because usually you wake up later or maybe, maybe this is your week. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we do this every other Thursday. Mark your calendars. I'm doing my best to post on Instagram when I'm on live now oh. because I know that the notifications haven't been working very well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love having this, you know, between 20 and 30 people. Spread the word if you're interested. Um, and then we also always have this available for playback. So we do have them. Um, so if you are interested and miss an episode or a stream, definitely check it out on my channel. Um, and, yeah, any closing words that you have for us today? Yeah, just, you know, make sure that you're looking at your health and, you know, figuring out if you're at risk for cardiometabolic disease, diabetes, hypertension, cholesterol. We didn't talk a lot about hypertension, but um, it's in the mix there with some of the things that we talked about. And, you know, if you are interested in more health topics, you can also go to our website. I have blogs posted. I have been actually writing it. Some people are different kind of learners. Some people like to listen. Some people like to read. So I've been kind of taking some of the information from these talks and putting it into a blog to also just reach other types of learners and other types of people. So um, you can go back to my blogs. I have quite a few now. And it goes over various topics. And we'll be talking more in these live streams. Give us some ideas about what you want to hear about. I'm just talking about things that I like to talk about because <laughs> I know they're important. I talk about them all the time, but I want to talk about stuff that helps people. I think in my head, I wanted to talk next time about breast cancer and breast health because we know that's a, um, this month is breast cancer awareness. And mm -hmm. I know I'm in that age group where I'm starting to see my friends get breast cancer. We want to uh, prevent breast cancer um, and how, you know, just what do we do to maintain our breast health? Um, you know, I think talking about sex is always fun. We've got, you know, hormones to talk about. We can talk about men's health topics. I'm sure even the women would be interested in that. We can talk about more gut health um, topics. There's so much to talk about. Every time we talk, we talk, oh, we should talk about that. We should talk I about know. that. So give us an idea of what you want to hear about. But we will slowly cover everything. I figure every two weeks we're going to go on 
and we're having so much fun doing this. I yeah. appreciate everyone listening to me. I feel blessed. I hope we're, I think we're helping people and that's what I feel like Amanda and I were meant to do. So yeah. we feel blessed. We feel blessed. All right. Well, thank you, of course, um, for all of your help. And thank you all for hanging out. Um, you know, it's so fun to try yeah. and, you know, view new things on um, Twitch. So thank you, guys. Um, I hope you guys have a really great day. I might go on tomorrow. I'm thinking about doing something before the festivities of Fridays happen because it feels like Fridays are like the party nights now. <laughs> um, so probably going on and Anil, Anil, what are you doing? You were in here the whole time. Anil, Anil <laughs> is our Twitch extraordinaire. What's awesome. up? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, again, if you just joined us at the end or if you were here and came back, um, we will have this on my channel. So please check it out. Um, you, you can share it. It's public to share too. So if you know anyone that's interested in this. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, have a great Thursday and we'll see you soon. Have a good week, Bye. guys. Take Bye. care.